Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Ahsoka. Sometimes, even the right reasons have the wrong consequences. What do we do then? Welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for Ahsoka, part one, titled Master and Apprentice, directed by Dave Filoni. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Uh, now, before we lose a map... Uh, and hug a Lothcat. Let me introduce you to my Rebel crew joining me today. First up, he's no Jedi. He's Justin the Lothcat Lawrence. Hello. How are we? Would you say you're a Lothcat or a Loth kitten? Oh, I say a Lothcat. For sure. Lothcat. He, he okay. is a fully grown man. Face. Yeah. Well, you know, you never know. You never know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, of course, always two there are. Docking down, declaring droid in indank pendants. He's Darcy, the dank Dathomirian Hudson. It's always got to be something to do with dank. I feel like that's the only word you know how to describe me. It's just it works because your name is Darcy. <laughs> it fits in a lot of words. A dank Thamirian, maybe? That would be pretty dope. Just, I can see that. It'd be a very smoky Dathomirian. That's all I can picture right now. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have a green lightsaber. It'd be sick. <laughs> um, guys, I am so stoked. I mean, this is... How many watch clubs in are we now? We like it's I think this is watch club number 19, mm. if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is absolutely insane. That's a lot. That's um, a lot of watch clubs. We've watched a lot of stuff together and then talked about it for a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot. a lot, a lot of stuff. Uh, of course, you know, um, with everything going on in, in Hollywood, of course, you know, if you haven't kept up with all of the series uh, I think this is a great time to maybe even go back and check out some of those earlier watch clubs uh, and, and maybe watch uh, some of the earlier, uh, you know, things that we've covered. Uh, but guys, I need to take a moment. You know, I brought up Lothcats uh, with, with Justin being a Loth, uh, a Loth cool cat and kitten. Um, and we get a lot of a Loth cat, I think, in this, in this uh, first episode. We get quite a bit. Um, and I know we saw one in Mando, but I think this is the most we've seen one in uh in in you know kind of moving around and stuff i wanted to ask both of you are are you a lothcat person or a corellian hound person uh and if if so what would you name your your furry friend <laughs> i'm probably i'm definitely a, a hound person i've got yeah. two right now and going on their names i probably name it something like uh, i don't know like greedo or something just or not even that uh maybe like a Trandoshan. I just name it Trandoshan because I like to name my animals <laughs> other animals, moose and bear. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Trandoshans might have something to say about you calling them animals, but I, I think listen, of any other you. species off I... the top of my head here, man. Sorry, <laughs> I love it. I, love I may it. have or may not have dabbled in something before sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, in dank pendants. Uh, Justin, how about yourself? I uh, probably, mm, I probably go with a hound as well. Yeah, um, really. Cats, they're a bit much. What? I've, I've always heard the opposite. They're stuck up. They're so entitled. <laughs> yeah. I hate them. Yeah, I guess I'd be more of a hound person, I think. Yeah. What name are you giving it in a galaxy far, far away? Uh, Lando. Lando. Oh, I like it. I like it. Okay, cool. Give him a little jacket. 
Um, I think for me, um, I'm definitely a loft cat person, uh, 100%. Like, just getting to, like, laze out with a little loft cat, fall asleep. They make great pillows. You, you, I think you guys have just been interacting with the wrong cat. You're like, talking about loft cats, right? No, no cats, yeah, cats yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had cats. I, I like dogs more. <laughs> um, okay, well, listen, um, I as, as I mentioned earlier, I'm stoked to get into what is essentially season five of of rebels uh but before we do uh, i do want to pause and remind you listening that we here at geek centric support the wga and sag aftra as they strike to get the contract that they deserve i mean without incredible writers and actors we wouldn't get all of the wonderful stories like the ones from a galaxy far far away that we love so much so if you want to support the actors and writers of the things that we love you can do so by checking out the links in our description guys let's get into part one titled master an apprentice. Uh, we start off with the Lucasfilm logo in red uh, to a very samurai-inspired drum sound, uh, and then over the, over a, a backdrop of stars, we get a crawl. Uh, an intense red font crawl crawls up the screen. Before we go any further, guys, I mean, Filoni, Filoni knows what fans want, and I think this is the first time that I think we've gotten a crawl proper since episode nine, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I know that some of the comics have sort of done the thing where they, they have put the crawl, Darcy, correct me if I'm wrong. Is but usually a crawl in every, in every kind of a crawl sort of like that. Yeah. Right. But at least on screen, uh, what did you guys think of this dark red crawl over the stars? Uh, it felt more like a samurai story for sure. And that's partially because of the, the music, but also it wasn't distorted and angled into the stars. It was, mm, it was, it, it was its own, it was just straight up, you know, it almost looked like pages from a book, right? That would sort of be your your prelude into this story, which the crawl always is. It kind of sets up the time and the events that you're about to see unfold. So I liked that he did this. I like that he, he brought that back, but I also like that he did it his own way. He didn't stick it into the sort of fantastical whimsical way that we know the crawl to be in that that sort of angular up into the sky method it's it's very methodic it's very uh prescriptive and it fits the tone uh with that 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 tribal samurai drum that just kind of hints at the sort of loom looming doom that we, we have on 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 the horizon so uh yeah i think i think this was a a smart way to do it and, and a way to do it his own way yeah, it was it was intense, right? Like, I mean, even just the the fact that the Lucasfilm logo was in that same red, and and we didn't get the the sort of the normal, you know, kind of upbeat music. I'm not so upbeat, but you know, the the Star Wars fanfare music that we normally get there. And I think um, I think Kevin Kiner's score in the background was it just made it even more um, striking. But I think you know it was funny because I was like. It took me a moment to realize, and then like some nostalgic adrenaline kicked in. I was like, "It's a, it's a crawl," uh, and there's a ship gliding through it as we transition into the story. And I think the word that comes to mind for me, and I'm probably going to bring it up a bunch of times, uh, is remix. Uh, in the sense that it, yes, it does pay homage to what came before. It gives fans what they want, but it does it in a way that's just different enough and makes it holistically this series, Ahsoka. So I, I just. I yeah, fantastic, fantastic stuff. Uh, let's keep going here. So then, after the crawl, as I mentioned, we see a new Republic ship glide across view, uh, and just as they enter Sector G thirty eight, 
an old Jedi clearance code comes in as another ship approaches the crew. Captain Hale, wary of these Jedi, uh, hands control of the bridge over to his second-in-command uh, and meets the now-boarding ship in the hangar with his security detail. Two hooded figures, one male and one female, approach him, uh, and after he questions their authenticity, he calls them overconfident imperial trash who just pushed their luck too far. Um, as he requests for his astromech droid to scan them for their identification, the hooded man nods to his apprentice and they begin to attack the security team. He then grabs the captain and tells him he's right about one thing and says, we are no Jedi, as he thrusts his saber through him, ending his life. He then proceeds to unabashedly take out the rest of the crew, slicing and dicing down the hallway, uh, and then he frees Morgan Elsbeth, uh, who informs him that Ahsoka Tano, the Jedi who captured her, seeks the map uh, and, then, uh, and then knows about Thrawn. Uh, so let's talk about this absolutely incredible opener for the series. Uh, Darcy, what did you think of these, these you know, two quote-unquote not-Jedi uh, and the recovery of Morgan Elsbeth. I mean, I'll be talking about this a lot in this episode, the fact that there are so many references or callbacks almost to like the prequel and original trilogy because as soon as those two guys come off, uh, the two hooded figures come off the ship, I was getting Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan visiting... What? The Separatists? Is this, that yeah. where you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. whenever they're... They, the, the first time we see Obi-Wan and, and uh, Qui-Gon was very similar to this, you know, appearance and it just what they go on to do after. We got basically another Darth Vader hallway scene with uh, oh. Balin Skull and it was incredible. So, yeah, this is an, a wicked way to introduce these two, as you're calling them, not Jedi and, and again, immediately had me hooked and wanting to know more about them. So, w- wicked way to kick off the series, in my opinion. Yeah. So good. A wicked way to be introduced to Ray Stevenson too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, such control, such uh, military precision to his his fighting style. There's uh, a sense of of structure to it. Um, you know, he seems like someone that is very much in the know, uh, and he has an understanding of what's going on. And I think he was expecting this outcome to happen. Um, but yeah, like Ray Stevenson as uh, Balin Skull, I'm I'm very interested to see. Uh, this character's journey, um, but also just as much uh, his apprentice Shin Shinhati, um, fascinating character. I, I'm I'm more interested in their relationship. But that said, what a great way to kick off this episode. You know, this very much gets the ball rolling, gets the story moving. But at the same time, it really does set up the first of many pieces that are you know of mystery and intrigue. So, bravo. Yeah, I think they you know. Um the 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 references and callbacks and the way that they're 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 redoing them. I mean, even just the line "We are no Jedi" mm-hmm. is so powerful, uh, especially in a series about Ahsoka. Uh, and that you know, one of her, her I think her probably her most recognizable, famous line of "I am no Jedi." Uh, and I think it's just, I think it's 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 coming from this this dark Jedi, uh, as Darcy you kind of put it in our spoiler free, is is just so perfect. He's so menacing, uh, and yeah, like the. In a way, it was like a Darth Vader Rogue One impression, but it doesn't doesn't rip off that. It adds no, but it adds to the hallway. It adds to it, right? It adds to the hallway scenes. We're gonna see fans making montages with both those scenes next to each other. The the poetry and rhymes kind of thing, right? Yeah, let's not forget Luke's. Yeah, I was gonna say absolutely. So like, there's 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 a hallways, dude. Yeah, hallway scenes are are are, and and that's that's cool, right? Like, I I think that again, he. 
to to for Filoni to, as you say, remix or throw something like that in. But it's different too, right? Like there's such a control in the way Balin walks down that hallway. Mm-hmm. Like he he's not dodging. He's standing no. his ground and his blade is just moving around him, ricocheting these blasts back and slashing as he gets closer and closer to these these uh, New Republic security. So it's like, um, yeah, I think, again, it just goes to show, like, even the way he fights, there's a sense of structure. There's maybe a little less fluidity, but that is also very much juxtaposed based on his Padawan. His Padawan moves very fluidly. Uh, when she comes barging in on on the bridge, uh, you know, she, you see her, like, already foreseeing the shots to the side and the shots in the front. Like, she's so uh, intact with, with what's what's going on. Also, just a huge shout-out to, I think, Filoni low-key got, like, a Star Trek vibe with the way the bridge and the captain and comms and, you know, sure. hail them. There was this very, like, elusive star trek vibe to that that moment that felt very uh that felt very reminiscent of the enterprise well and i mean i even i even was getting so many new hope vibes as well from obviously the look and feel of everything but even just like little lines in the background like they're heading to the detention level and i was just like oh the detention level i know that place sweet like it just again it's one of those things that um, we didn't they, get though. They know we what didn't they're doing. get. Yeah. They're going up the ventilation shaft. <laughs> we didn't get that, and we didn't. We didn't get a trash compactor. So, yeah, exactly. Filoni, do better, okay? Uh, no, <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, okay, let's keep going here. We, so we then see uh, we watch as Ahsoka um, quietly hooded approaches an ancient temp- temple uh, on a world named Arcana. Uh, after lifting her hood, she pulls the coolest move ever uh, and uses her lightsabers to cut a circular hole allowing her to fall into a room below her uh, she uses the force t- uh, to sense voices that reveal to her the solution to a puzzle that reveals the star map uh, after exiting the room uh, the same way that she entered she confront she's confronted by four mk assassin droids uh, after luring them closer to her she jumps back down into the room cutting circles from the floor pulling them the others in and taking them out one by one uh, but when they realize that they can't win they initiate self-destruct protocol and ahsoka runs to her ship which is being piloted piloted by hu yang uh, behind her a massive explosion erupts as she manages to board just in time to escape it on board ahsoka reminds hu yang that he no longer has to follow standard jedi protocol as the order no longer exists uh, and then they're informed that they need to reconvene with home one as there has been an incident so what a perfect um you know reintroduction i think for most people to ahsoka um justin what did you think of this this temple and this fight with these uh mk assassin droids the temple's cool. Uh, I am definitely very interested to learn more about this temple and and what's going on here. Um, you know, we do get an answer later, but I'm I'm sure we'll we'll save that for discussion. But what I really like is that they're not wasting any time. Mm-hmm. You know, in the first scene, you know, Morgan says she's looking for the map, and then boom, we're following up where she is now on 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 the trail of the map. Uh, and and I think that that's that's just really good. You know, let's let's get things moving. So I I enjoyed the the aspect of being introduced to Ahsoka as she's figuring out a puzzle. As she's you know on a mission. Uh, it it felt very um, Indiana Jones esque, if you will, to a certain degree. Um, 
obviously the action scene with the MK assassin droids phenomenal. The best part about it is that it's it's very refreshing to have a lightsaber duel um you know in a show like this, you know, with with Mando, we've been so removed from this this Jedi lore. We haven't gotten that many lightsaber battles. I think the right. last one we really got was obviously uh Rise of the Skywalker, but you know, that said, it it feels like the TV series have been so removed from from Jedi lore stuff. So this this felt refreshing and as we get through, you, we'll talk about other ones, but you know, there's lightsabers in this episode and oh. this first one was was fantastic. This lightsaber battle was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fight and everything of that was awesome, but I think this is one of the one of the instances where because we're such a fan of the animation or at least from my point of view where some of it's taking me out like the fight fighting was great her taking out all those droids was awesome stuff like that but as soon as the like that the bombs were set and she had to run away that's where it felt like it really slowed down because we're used to them moving so quickly in the like clone wars and in rebels they they move so fluidly and fast and it just it's you can't do that with real people so to me it seems weird that like she's like she's really slowed down not i mean i mentioned it after our uh, uh spoiler free that it's almost like a tom cruise run but she doesn't have there's not the sense of urgency behind her running where it's she's, she's not moving as fast or as as far as she should be in this situation so i mean i think we'll be experiencing that throughout the rest of this series because we are so we're like loving of the rebels and, and clone wars where we saw ahsoka that it's those comparisons are gonna be hard to avoid and Again, the fighting is great. It's just maybe n- don't focus on her running so much. <laughs> no, for sure. I, I I would agree. That's a that was a bit bit of a moment. I you know I think it was it was Nate and and Meg that were kind of talking about like the you know the tails bouncing and stuff like that. You know when they run and and how it looks versus in the animation. And I I don't know. I feel like it's it's more practical, right? Like rewatching that scene of her her running, it felt it felt like you said, Darcy, like not as fantastical as the animated because you know they would adjust the speed and they would move very quickly so mm-hmm. you know much like the fighting and i think the sense of practicality around the look of the character and what makes sense and seeing her run at a you know relatively normal running speed i think it's just a sense of adapting from animation into yeah. live action like what does make sense uh in 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 telling these stories right so um i will say though the way she cuts into the ground uh, is, as far as I'm aware, a, a callback to the funniest deleted moment of Revenge of the Sith. Have you guys ever seen the scene? It's 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 so it's it's uh, Grievous is standing there, and it's uh, it's Obi Wan and Anakin, and they're just like looking at each other, and they're giving each other like weird like hand gestures and hand sim- signals and stuff like that, and like doing like weird codes to each other for like honestly two minutes straight as Grievous just stands there looking at them and then they end up agreeing on something and they cut into the ground and turn in a circle and then fall into the sewer below it's an amazing deleted scene and I love that that it's I don't know if this was intentional but it feels like this is Filoni calling back to that moment but again remixing it to be so much more badass where she's using the force Mm -hmm. to turn the sabers uh and then you know pulling them back out of the ground I, I love it. Um, I also want to call out just a little subtle thing that Rosario does when she jumps back out uh, of the hole and she sees the droid. It's it's the littlest thing, but she jumps out and not only does she land with her entire body, like it feels like her entire body just there's no not really any bounce other than her head tails, uh, and and um, immediately her head is tilted to the right, and it's such a snips thing to do to just have that sort of cocky attitude of like oh th- this is no problem for me like i am 
the shit right now. And I just, I loved it. I love it so, so much. It, you also get moments in this scene with her and her dialogue where, again, you're, you're seeing the maturity. Like, Rosario is is definitely not trying to emulate Ashley Eckstein version of, of Ahsoka to a T. I think she's, again, adapting it. Maybe, to your point, remixing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and bringing her own sense of where she thinks the character is. You know, there's some instances in how she delivers lines. And, you know, in the moment that we're talking about here, it's when she holds up the saber and says, come no closer. Like, it was just, it just felt different for for Ahsoka. Uh, mm-hmm. But I didn't mind it at the same time, right? I just, realistically, we haven't really spent that much time with her. Uh, and this is obviously going to be her series. And, you know, she's going to be the character that drives it. So I think we're going to see a lot more of these nuances of of difference from animated to live action that might be refreshingly beneficial. And it is so funny how often in these shows it's it just like it's it I, I don't know whether I don't I don't know if it's us or if it's them, but um you know we talked about it in Mando quite a bit, especially early on, but video game vibes like right off the bat here. Like I'm just like I'm like I'm I, I might as well be playing Jedi Survivor right now with like turning the stone and, and aiming and it in the right. And the going on too, like when she's hearing the past. It's just yes. like, yeah, that without the game, I'd be like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. Uh, okay, so then once back with Home One, Ahsoka is greeted by General Hera Syndulla, who informs her uh, and Hu Yang of Morgan Elsbeth's escape and the two force wielders uh, responsible for the abstraction. Ahsoka asks Hu Yang to scan their lightsabers for any clues, and after Hu Yang informs Hera that he can't unlock the map, uh, Hera suggests that Ahsoka take it to someone who can. So let's talk about Hera here. Uh, She's here. She's in live action. What do we think of our reintroduction to General Sindula. I thought it was great. I mean, the, she looks like the looks of it, look of the character is, is really well done. I mean, again, coming from cartoon where eyes are bigger and proportions are thrown out of whack just to because it's another medium that you aren't really emulating real life. It's hard to try and compare the two characters because there are, are things that just won't translate over. Like you can't make Mary Elizabeth Winstead's eyes any bigger than they are because she's a human mm-hmm. and that's how big her eyes are. So some of that is a bit weird. Again, it's one of those things where we are so attached to an animated version of this character. It's just going to take it, some getting used it's to. It's going to take yeah. some getting used to for sure. Some growing pains. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More, more than anything, it's, it's, the interaction between these two characters that has me kind of scratching my head a bit where these are supposed to be friends and maybe there's going to, we're going to find out later on why there's a bit of distance or something like that. It just, it doesn't feel like the, the last time we saw Hera and, and Ahsoka, they'd be on this, you know, this, have this rapport. It's very like, there's a, there's a distance between them. It seems. And it's just, it's, it's weird. See, I was thinking the same thing, but you know, I'm going through a rewatch of rebels right now. I'm at season three and you know, Ahsoka's not even around and this is a, pivotal season and i know she comes back in season four but to a certain degree it kind of fits in my mind like it's just they have a sense of respect for who they are and the history that they have together and it's almost like professional Mm. do you know what i mean like like hera seems to try to push a little more into the personal but obviously ahsoka is a little like walls up sort of thing Mm -hmm. because she's she's got things that you know she's you know not dealing with if for for lack of better words so i i i i what I really love about you know our introduction to uh, General Sindula, which first off, fantastic, uh, you know from the from the first time we heard that name in Rogue One in the background to now Ooh. actually seeing her as a general, um, I asked, I absolutely love it. The only thing is, I wish Chopper was with her, but that's we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> later. Um, um, but you know, 
I think right off the bat, though, there's just a, there's a sense of sincerity and honesty to uh, Mary Elizabeth's performance that feels um, so so right for for the character of Hera. You know, it's it's not overbearingly motherly, but it's caring. And mm. I, oh, that's that's the one key word I would always think about when I thought about Hera is how caring she is for those around her. And, you know, she's not afraid to get her hands dirty if she has to. Uh, so, you know, I think this was a great little introduction, but it's it's still tiny in comparison to where, where we end up with her, you know, by the end of episode two. Well, speaking of motherly, uh, Darcy, I mean, you, you brought up a good point off air when we were chatting about this. Um, you know, Hera has a son. Um, did you sense at all that she had a son in this scene, or do you think she's a bad mom and just left him behind somewhere? Well, I don't. This is the first instance of me questioning where Jason is. That's for sure. And it, yeah. it's, I'll just say that I am questioning myself. That that question arises a lot more as we get through this episode, and then even into the next one, where it's like not even a name drop like Ahsoka's not gonna even ask how's the kid because yeah know, no like... <laughs> I, that's 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 exactly it too like there's just there's no there's no mention right mm -hmm. and you think that you know especially the way things do end off with with rebels uh, um you know you see Jason in in the cockpit with Hera so you you know there's a relationship there you know that there's a a sense of you know uh you know she has uh something to to kind of invest in beyond mm -hmm. just the rebellion right um but yeah like it, it does seem strange but i don't know like i'm not just not to obviously i don't think anything bad or dark has happened here but you know we know luke's got a jedi school out right there. uh so uh you know if ahsoka said hey hera you know this jedi master is running a school yeah, he's got a little green kid right now but exactly. there should be some room opening up soon yeah, yeah exactly so yeah. you know maybe that's where She's because obviously at the end of the day, she's she's still a general. Right. Mm. And she has got a job to, to do. Yeah, she's got a job to do. She yeah, has an fair. important role. So it's you know, I don't think it necessarily negates the fact that she is. But there, it's just weird that there was no mention. No mention. That's uh, yeah. I don't think it meant anything think. about her yeah. being a bad mom. No, I mean? no. like she's no, she's, that, girl, that comes with later again, more scenes with her and, and still no mention. That's from the <laughs> she even care about her kid. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be somewhere. I, I hope we at least yeah, honestly, even if well, we that's, don't see the I think kid, I hope we get at least a mention. I think we'll see him. I really? honestly do. I think wow. we will. I think we'll see him, and I think it'll it'll definitely be implied. I think there's a story there. He um, could be off with Zeb for all we know. Like there's, for sure, he yeah. could he could be part of the rebellion. He 100 percent is. You, right, you like, know, yeah. Hera's not going to stop her son from wanting to fight. That's what he would be. Oh, that's how their relationship started. That's where he came. I from. I think he's he'd be fight. old enough. He'd still yeah. be like like look at the like look at when we watch Rebels. Like some of these kids that are yeah. are part of you, you see know, Leia uh, working the for Empire the rebellion when she's 14. Exactly. So it's it's you know she he might you know. With his mother's, you know, tenacity and maybe whatever force skills he has, he could be pretty interesting. But my theory is if we get Ezra back, if we get Ezra back, we could get more of a Jason and Ezra thing, right? Because there's, there's, there's a, a deep relationship between Ezra and, and Kanan, which is obviously Jason's father, and, and passing on that legacy. I think that's that's the route you would go with Jason's story. So if he's off part of the rebellion, I like the idea that he could be with Zeb. I, I think that's mm -hmm. great. That that might make the most sense. Right? Well, if we see Jason, uh, his ears are probably not going to look right, and we're all going to be mad. 
Uh, <laughs> and they're gonna be bouncing around too much. They'll be too. They'll be too bouncy. Elf ears look fine. We've never said elf ears look weird. So <laughs> yeah, but he's gonna be orange with green hair. What did you say? Or an oompa loompa? He's uh, kind of oompa loompa-ish. That was a quick little scene in Rebels. I feel like that was a shoehorned in at the end to make us all happy. That's yeah, right. That's not his um, actual appearance. <laughs> All right, well, let's keep going here. Uh, this brings us to Lethal, uh, which I think is the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, that yes. we've seen Lethal in live action. Yeah. Uh, during a dedication ceremony for the heroic efforts uh, and sacrifice of Ezra Bridger uh, and the ghost crew, uh, Governor Ryder Azadi calls for Commander Sabine Wren, uh, but when she's nowhere to be found, he orders his security team to recover her and asks Senator Jai Kel to fill in time uh, while they search for her. Now, while upbeat rock music plays, we see Sabine ripping down the highway on a speeder, just being the coolest badass there ever was. Uh, after Captain Porter orders her to pull over, she gives him a new order and tells him to get lost. Um, after a second pilot sets down in front of her on the highway, Sabine speeds up, and just before she would crash into the ship she drops grav and slides right under the ship captain porter is so impressed uh you know he's convinced to let her go and she makes her way back home to ezra's tower comm tower e272 uh once back uh, we see Sabine feed her adorable loft cat uh, and watch back a hollow recording of ezra uh, which we assume was his last message to her uh, what an incredibly badass moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Justin, what did you think of the reintroduction to Sabine Wren? Well, first, the reintroduction to Lothal. I thought it was interesting to not give us the iconic skyline and maybe give us some of that to introduce us into it. Mm -hmm. Instead, we get this aerial, uh, sort of, uh, shot of a very developed, very, like, you know, just bustling. Yeah, they're doing uh, well there. Uh, they're doing well at, at Lothal. It's not the same. It's, you know, there's there's towers and, you know, there's uh, landings where people are standing while while there's this big, big presentation. Um, you know, the graffiti wall is, is contained in what looks to be like some monumental uh, museum. So it was really, really interesting to, you know, that was the first introduction because then it does make when we do see that skyline and that signature uh, sort of lethal highway mm -hmm. you know then you're like oh, okay there's a lethal i remember um but yeah it, it was it was absolutely great to be introduced to sabine wren in, in a similar fashion to how we're introduced to ezra bridger if i'm not mistaken and in a similar sort of chase down it's a different circumstance of situation I, I think it's the empire that's that's chasing him down but here you know it's it's uh reminiscent of that and i think it almost just kind of hints at again the remix the poetry the 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 idea that you know she's kind of on the same journey as as Ezra once was, maybe implying that it's obviously going to look different. It's going to be different, but you know, to see how she is in this moment and how badass she is, telling that captain to basically go fuck themselves, right? stopping <laughs> for nobody. You know what I mean? I wish she, I wish they had the opportunity to actually have her say something like that or eat shit or something. You know what I mean? But I get it. I get it. It's Star Wars. It's Disney. They gotta, you know. But yeah, I, yeah. that's what it felt like in my heart. Uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it was an interesting reintroduction because this is not the Sabine Wren that we remember. It, it feels like she's very mm -hmm. trapped in the past. Like, as soon as we see her walk into, like, first off, she's wearing the old helmet from the Rebels, very similar to something that Ezra was wearing, his helmet from 
the time through Rebels and stuff like that. And just the fact that she's still in Ezra's place, she's still got those drawings that do feel yeah. very childish no. almost. And the Loth cats like dotting the walls and all that stuff. It's she's she's clearly gone through something that I hope we get to explore because she does not seem as as confident as as I would remember, you know, Sabine Wren, especially from where we left off in Rebels, how she was she had helped the rebellion gain such a you know an upper hand into the defeat of Thrawn, and now here we are years later, and and she almost seems like she hasn't moved past that point. She hasn't. It's clear that she hasn't. That I think that we're 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 seeing a Sabine that is got a little grief that she hasn't overcome or PTSD, if you will. Uh, you know, she did lose. Her brother, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and the the fact that she's kind of, you know, just like you know Luke or or Ray, you know, she has this sort of sanctuary space that feels reminiscent of the past, uh, past life that she remembers is to be very happy, and um, I do think that that plays a pa- factor into what may have gone down between uh, Ahsoka and and Sabine when we when we talk about that, but. Yeah, I like that idea that, you know, her returning to this place that wasn't even hers to begin with. It was it was obviously Ezra's and she's made it her own home and there's so much that that is visible there. It, it's clear that she's she's very much just still dealing with the grief and the loss of of uh, of Ezra. But I think it's just it's like she's so badass and I think I love how Hera's reveal was more along the lines of you know, how can I help? And and you should talk to Sabine. Like, I'm a mom. You should, you know, repair your relationship. Uh, and then Sabine's is just get lost. I'm going to do my thing. Um, I just, I love it so much. I also just really want to quickly mention Ryder Azadi, um, Clancy Brown. Yeah. You've got uh, not only the voice of Ryder Azadi in Rebels, but now in live action. Uh, super dope. I, I, you know, I don't think we'll see too much more of him throughout the series, but I hope we get to see him at least well, But, he's, at least but we know more. where he is. We know where he is right. and we know that he's still around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, that's, that's, that's exactly, you know, I think Lethal is going to still matter and maybe for future iterations of, of whatever stories are, are planned. So I think that, um, you know, it's nice to say like, you know, he's still around. This is, this is his home. This is, he's the leader here. Uh, he's, he's leading people, uh, especially given the, the very complicated history that the rebels have had with him, where at one point they were, you know, they were at odds with one another and now you know they've obviously come to to work together so i think that that's that's a perfect uh realization i was happy to see that that's almost like almost the on the equivalence of like seeing lando but i'm just excited to see where clancy brown shows up next having played <laughs> savage oppress having played uh berg on the mandalorian uh and 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 rider azadi and then again here in live action like i'm just i i just i hope we just get clancy brown for the rest of star wars or at least <laughs> feloni star wars uh forever and then I, I an episode when all of his characters meet. <laughs> somehow, <laughs> through, somehow through the multiverse through the spaces. no just all at once like you just you just do it so that it is like well, i just don't cares? know are they all alive i don't think oh uh, maybe not yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> That might yeah. be a little tough. Yeah, don't think Berg's alive. <laughs> Berg's not alive. No, for sure not. Um, okay, so then uh, Shin Hati, Balin Skull uh, are their names if you're just catching up. Uh, Merrick uh, is the third uh, kind of uh, you know character that is working with Morgan Elsbeth. And we see them all traversing the ruins on Arcana, where Ahsoka recovered the map. We learn that the temple was originally a stronghold built by the Night Sisters of Dathomir, 
thousands of years ago. And Morgan Elsbeth calls them her sisters. Uh, Balin says either Ahsoka has the map or it was destroyed. And after Morgan tells him, no, no, she, trust me, she has it, okay? Uh, and com she commands Shin uh, to be sent to Lothal. And Balin tells Shin that Ahsoka Tano's former apprentice is on Lothal and that she should seek Sabine Wren. Uh, let's take a moment here to discuss the reveal. I don't, like, Morgan Elsbeth is a night sister? W was this ever established in The Mandalorian, Darcy? I don't think so. I mean, this revelation just has me questioning, like, how far back or how far removed, I guess, is she from Dathomir? Because we know the Great Purge kind of wiped out the night sisters, and, and that's where we kind of see Marin in the Jedi Survivor storyline, yeah. kind of picking up the pieces of that, dealing with the loss of all her sisters. So, clearly... Elsbeth's family or ancestry got off planet before then. Also, this is kind of the first I'm hearing of Dathomirian, or at least the Night Sisters having strongholds outside of Dathomir. Like this is right. kind of opening up that door to like they they they're a bit more widespread than we first thought. They're not trapped on Dathomir. These magics kind of go across the galaxy. So that's kind of has me intrigued for sure. That has me a hundred percent intrigued. I think that the fact that you know with the introduction of of the sisters and Dathomir and sort of witchcraft it really opened the door for space magic mm -hmm. uh, in the animated series and that wasn't really explored enough like rooting it in the origins of 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 uh mall and going further with that you know it, it just it makes it it made it all really really interesting so i'm really happy that we're finding yet again another felony thing <laughs> yes. that he's bringing over <laughs> yeah to sort of sprinkle through because it's crazy when, when you know, with the introduction of the of the temple, you see the statues and the face is gone, and I'm like, that looks very Dathmerian. And then when they get in there, I'm like, okay, is it Dathmerian or is it the um, what was the uh, the alien species that um, the Grand Inquisitor is uh, is a part of? Oh. Yeah, he is the sort of elongated face because I know in in uh, Revenge of the Sith when they go to uh, when Obi Wan goes to confront Grievous on that planet, that's that planet is made up of of the same species. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the he's pa he's Powan Powan P A U apostrophe A N. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I definitely saw that too. Like the, In the, the statue, the, the smaller yeah, nose, located. the smaller yeah. mouth. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was a bit. It was a bit. It was a bit of a, uh, a guessing game. But when she says that she was a part, or she is, you know, Dathomirian, and and that you know calls her calls them her sisters, it makes me wonder if it's not necessarily by genetics, more so by belief. Mm. Sure. Do you know I mean is it Found a religion? Family, right. Yeah, sort of thing. Like maybe yeah, it is cult. something along those lines, or. Or something like where you know, again, space magic. Is, is there is there a a you know not a a low key sort of cult like you're saying that's that's work dabbling in the dark space magics, if you will, to 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 kind of combat stuff. Mm -hmm. And again, it's it's also cool too because with the with Thrawn on the the horizon and this map, yeah. which again, I'm very I'm questioning how an ancient nice sister stronghold will have a map towards Thrawn's present location. But then you think about the fact that the Chiss are another race that have female Force-sensitive users who access the Force in a different way. And it's almost like mm -hmm. we're Night Sisters, almost an offshoot of the Chiss. Mm. We're the Chiss exploring in the in the past. Or, but is is that, it... or the other way around. There's just there's so many rich things for this. Again, new ways to access the Force that Filoni's well, introducing almost. Right. I, and I think... I, th I don't think... 
So the, see, I think where it's taking us is the place beyond the place where where the, the Purgles will, will reside. Like it's their home. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's 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 where they are from. And that may challenge time and space. Who knows? Because of the way they move through space. But in terms of like the connection, I think that Thrawn has somehow channeled some some heightened ability in this new place where he might be stuck. And the way he's reaching out is through this sort of, you know, uh dark magic way that you know the dathomirian are are kind of you know rooted in right it's almost like it's almost like a ham radio right mm-hmm. like he's tapping the right he's tapping the right channel and he's hitting you know the the right right person on the other side so i don't know you know obviously morgan and him have they have a history they have a past so what that past might look like and you know he appreciates cultures so maybe he's dabbled in the Dathomirian in more ways than one. Right. So, you almost you know. have to wonder if he, like, what does he have that Morgan wants? And is it the ability to maybe sure. reconnect with her, her, her history and with her culture and with her sisters directly in, in one way or another, whether it be through time, space, or magic? Um, I am not anywhere near versed on the books um and i know darcy you are i I know though that you might not be as versed on like the the old like the classic classic stuff um but i know that there's like i've i distinctly am picturing a cover of a a book with like a wizard on it or something and so i'm like there's there they've they've explored space magic in in legends um but not so much in in live action hey man Um, i'm all for it yeah let's get Mm -hmm. some Let's get some let's get some space magic wizards yeah. going on. Let me Harry let's, Potter let's shows up. Yeah. <laughs> like Voldemort following. Voldemort. Or, Maybe that yeah. was the statues. It was three Voldemorts. Um I, I do think though, yeah, I think whatever the Night Sisters, they can do some powerful stuff. Um and and Darcy, you had mentioned earlier Marin from uh from the Jedi series of games. Yes. Um it was funny because I when I looked at Morgan Elsbeth, I'm like, I'm not really getting Night Sister, but then if you look really closely at the she top does of her have, forehead, yeah. She She's got that tattoo. Um, and so, you know, I think it's I, I, it's going to be interesting. I think the only thing I will say, and this is more on like the the critical side of the like from a, uh, you know, performance side of things, not so much narrative. I think I don't think it's so much Diana's performance uh, with this character. I'm just not feeling her yet that much. I, I think, you know, you've got such interesting characters like Balin or Hati. I kind of just I really want to like dig into them a bit more, um, but I am really interested to see what Morgan uh, will kind of what what is her place in all this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, okay, so after experiencing a nightmare in which she heard Ezra's voice, um, uh, Sabine notices a ship is on approach. Uh, it's Ahsoka's ship. Finally. Sabine decides to show her face and Governor Azadi sternly tells her that she missed the ceremony. Uh, Ahsoka hands her the star map and tells her she thinks she knows how to find Ezra. They sit down and Ahsoka hands Sabine the map. During that conversation, we learn that the two have shared a difficult past as master and apprentice. Uh, Hu Yang interrupts them and informs Ahsoka that one of the sabers belongs to Balin's skull and that he was trained in the Jedi arts. Uh, Ahsoka returns to the table to discover that Sabine is gone uh, and she's taken the map. Uh, we see a probe droid tracking Sabine as she speeds down the highway, and now we know that Shin Hati knows of her location. So we learn that Ahsoka walked away from Sabine uh, when things got, quote-unquote, too difficult. Um, 
what do you think actually went down between them? Let's dig into this. Before we get into that, I just got to say, I love the uh, Phantom Menace callback with the oh. probe droid and then Hati from behind with the hood yep. up. It's just like, oh it's my God. It's Darth Maul. It's Maul yeah, all it's over again. And I it's love white, it. but oh, it's like, it's, 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 it's desert the droid white. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man. Referenced like, and I, remixed, right? Like yeah. 100%. Well, instead of, instead of like a black cloak and, you know, the, the black droid, it's this white orb droid. Again, all of these things to kind of give you more of an impression that, they're not Sith, but there's something else. Still shouldn't trust them. Yeah, they're still exactly. sketchy. There's yeah. something. They're still sketchy. They're just. They're just. They're not. They're not. They're, they're a different kind Sith. of sketchy than what we've seen before. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but, but yeah, getting into the whole Ahsoka and Sabine thing. This is really interesting because you think Kane and me would have mentioned something about maybe a latent force sensitivity that he sensed in Sabine while he was trying to train her in, in wielding the dark saber, and the fact that that wasn't brought up at all by him, and we're only getting this now that she was an apprentice. In some capacity, it's just like, is she force sensitive? What? How far did this apprenticeship last? Was it an apprentice in the Jedi way, or was it just in the doing good by the universe's, you know, message or, or guidance or whatever? It's it's very. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious to see in how and what capacity Ahsoka was was training her as an apprentice. So again, I hope we dive into that a bit more later on because so many cans of worms being opened that I just want to keep you know getting into. Yeah, exactly. They they keep they keep giving you the the little breadcrumbs to get mm-hmm. you interested you know i think a lot of probably what has to do with why you know ahsoka walked away from sabine is has to do with with anakin i think i think she's seeing something probably uh aggression fear the idea maybe like you said darcy she can't let go of her past like mm-hmm. she can't let go of the fact of what happened to ezra and that could consume her and she could fall to the dark side and and she's seen what what's happened there she's she has her own PTSD, which it seems like she hasn't really told anyone. Do you know what I mean? Like at, at this point, and, and as Obi-Wan has kind of established as well, like not many people know no, Darth Vader, Darth is, Vader Anakin. is Anakin. Yeah. And, and you know, she's going to take that to her grave, even though he's dead. Like she's not going around saying, oh yeah, that was my old master because, you know, that's going to, people are going to start questioning her. You got to think, right? she talked about it with Luke though. Like For Luke, sure. Luke has talked no, about, of course. about it, but yeah, that's not but, enough. Yeah. Yeah. But they 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 get to reminisce about Anakin. She gets to reminisce about Anakin. She doesn't get to she doesn't have to live with the idea of of what he became. And I think you know she's probably not at peace, but at the same time she's she's very much walking a very fine line with understanding uh, where she can. Because I don't think she really wants to. I don't. She doesn't want to be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like she she's not she's not that. She's no Jedi. So. I don't know. And the idea that she that that Sabine is force sensitive, there is a moment in the trailers where in the most recent trailer where she attempts to use the force and Shinhati yells back at her and says, you have no power. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's something that, like, to your point, is latent. Maybe it hasn't been discovered. And maybe that is part of it. Like, you know, Ahsoka couldn't tap into it. She could sense it. But there was something that Sabine was, was holding Sabine back that she could not unlock. And she was just like, you know what, like. You're just gonna you're just gonna fall down a dark path, and you know, getting consumed like so many Jedi do with the foresight of what can be and not living in the moment. That's always the detriment of Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is the Force gives them signs and speaks to them in ways, and it might be that. So you know, maybe she saw something that for Sabine that scared her. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of there. Maybe she saw something within herself that started reminding her too much of some of the darker sides of. Anakin and I wonder too you know in the sense of like 
she makes it very clear to Hu Yang, hey, the order is no more. And I'm wondering if that's like a little bit of peppered foreshadowing to get people who maybe haven't seen Ahsoka's past ready for a flashback that hopefully explains this stuff in greater detail. But I, I also kind of look at the idea that it's very possible that for Ahsoka, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say, like, I, I completely agree with Ahsoka that the majority of what the Jedi Order established was was bulk bullshit like it's not good it, they weren't great um but i think what might have frustrated her during sabine's training is that there were certain things that maybe the order did have right and she didn't want to acknowledge it and it was it wasn't it wasn't you know not only holding her back maybe it was holding sabine back and I, i'm wondering if that's part of it and and it's interesting to see that with ahsoka because again we think of ahsoka especially looking at her in book of boba fett right she's like she can't do she can do no wrong, but I think this series will really help us to see and explore her faults uh at the same yeah, time. Absolutely. It's going to really go into the more because to your point, like she's just been a character in The Mandalorian and in the book of Boba Fett, mm -hmm. where we knew who she was. That's it. Yeah. We, don't, that's we haven't Ahsoka. explored Yeah, that's Ahsoka. We haven't explored mm -hmm. her her past and, 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 and you know, the history that we haven't seen since the animated series yeah um so a hundred percent this movie this this series uh which feels like a movie uh <laughs> is going to fully explore all of that and and i'm i'm ready for it because even in the animated uh stories they did such a great job of of unraveling ahsoka at different points in her her life uh from from clone wars and rebels so i'm really excited to see what adult ahsoka you know uh I, i'm not sure what her age is but like you know, She's I'm 47 in the events of a show. Wow. Okay. I so, that up because so, I was wondering. So. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, and that's great. Like, you know, like she's, she's definitely far more mature, right? Yeah. She's just nearing 50 and that's that there's, there's a lot of stuff that's, that's happened. And yeah, I think you carry all that baggage for a really long time. It's going to show its face in, in some really, really ugly ways. Well, and this is, this is a, um, a hot topic and I'll, I'll we'll go, go to the next section after this, but just. I mean, look at Luke in in episode eight, right? I think I think this is again we're seeing a, a master and apprentice story where the master isn't isn't this perfect person. It isn't, you know. I think um, there 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 we never really got to see at least in in the live action stuff the faults of Qui Gon, right? And and even to a certain degree, I don't no think faults. well. <laughs> yeah, we no. have explored that Qui Gon is perfect. <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? But even even like. Even someone like Obi-Wan, you know, again, we, we do get to sort of see a little bit of, of his mistakes with Anakin. Um, and so I think just continuing on that track record of these masters who uh, really need to look inside themselves and there's still work to be done no matter how old or how mature or how, uh, in, you know, wise they become, um, they're always still going to make mistakes. I mean, even Yoda, uh, you know. He had to go into exile because of the mistakes he made, right? So yeah, but then he was in an episode eight, like, I mean, the, sorry, yeah, episode eight. He fully acknowledges that those mistakes made him stronger. Yeah, and right. The order and, and, was wrong. Like he, I mean, yes. he realized that and came to that realization after his it's, death. It's it's absolutely know? crazy that like you know that's of all the things that that movie gave us, it was a really great moment to kind of reflect look back especially with such a iconic character like yoda who is so wise to kind of be the one to do the knowledge drop there mm -hmm. and you know kind of say like this is where we were wrong and we need to accept 
that you know what the our weaknesses are our strengths and and it makes us stronger so i don't know i think it's it's maybe it's a it's probably a lot of that to to a certain degree that's that's really playing into uh ahsoka's backstory and where, where where she's at right now for sure uh, let's keep going here. So as Sabine begins, this this will kind of be uh, the last section here. Um, as Sabine begins to study the map further, uh, Ahsoka and Hera share a moment where we learn that the turmoil between Ahsoka and her former apprentice is due in part because Ahsoka walked away from Sabine just like she did Anakin. As Sabine makes a discovery involving three figures, uh, she unlocks the map. But just as she does, she's attacked by two assassin droids uh, and one of them, you know, st- steals the map uh, and the other one uh, Sabine manages to stop. Uh, Sabine calls Hu Yang for backup, grabs a lightsaber uh, and runs outside only to be confronted by Shin Hati. Uh, so incredible. The two spar, uh, attacking each other viciously until Sabine makes one mistake and is stabbed right through, causing her to drop to the ground as she's swinging wildly. Uh, Shin escapes with the unlocked star map, uh, and we see Sabine taking what could be her final breath. So at this point, you know, was there any of anything, any worry in your mind uh, at all that no. she she could have no. potentially? No, but that did go right through her. I was like, <laughs> yeah. damn, yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even like a slash or something. It was like it went right through her. But hey, like you know that that doesn't matter got... anymore. No, like, but like Riva, Riva, the Inquisitor in yeah. Obi Wan. You know, you can yeah. get stabbed. It doesn't it doesn't hurt you anymore. Apparently, Look, well, no, the like there's there's ways to heal it. That's the yeah. thing with lightsabers, though. They are cauterizing as soon as you stab exactly. them. Exactly. So there's no internal bleeding. So there's not convenience blood. to getting stabbed it's, with a lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Okay. There <laughs> is. There is. But at the same time, that's why it's just like, okay, she can't be dead. It's too low. She didn't fall into a pit yeah. like Han Solo. Like yeah. there she was. It depends very on where you're hit. Yeah. It depends on where you're hit. It depends on where you hit. Like if you if you were to if you were to go for someone's heart, mm-hmm. well, you're Instant cauterizing. Shot. The, yeah. yeah. That was that was yeah. lower. I was like just under the lungs. Yeah. Like lower cage section. She went to the She just took a hard hit there. For sure, for um, sure, and I think that that was the other thing too. Like the way they showed where it was happening, it was like okay, she's like it was so obvious. Yeah, that, like it didn't really hit anywhere. I think it was just it was going to in- incapacitate her, and she was going to fall to the ground. And that like, was if given. if Ahsoka wasn't r- arriving at that time, sure, probably would have been there the end of Sabine. But and that's, that's the other thing too. Someone was there to say, yeah, her. Shin Hattie <laughs> was like, you know what, I'm gonna t- you know mark this as a win and get out of here with the map. So, which I gotta say. Sabine, another very childish thing to do, be like, oh, I've unlocked this map. Now let's go and stare out for lonely at the stars and just leave this very valuable piece <laughs> it's of Disney. You have to stare out at the stars. Well, she I think she rules. was looking I think what she did is once she realized roughly the, well, the she star, was the, where the location in real she was looking movie. up to but see like if she, she could see anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of the second episode, I guess. But I mean just the fact that it was so quick, like there was she doesn't understand the stakes that are connected to this map for well, whatever that's what, reason. That's what, and and that's what Ahsoka said, that right? Like, was dry, that drove yeah. me so much. Like, this is such an important piece. You are, you, you've are you dealt with vital information before. We've seen you do it in Rebels. Why are you treating this so, like, lackadaisically? Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like, oh, you know, I got time. No one's going to come looking for me. I'm safe on this planet where people know where I am. Like, Well, I think uh, that has a lot to do with where Sabine is at this point. Um, I think... We're, as you said, like by the end of Rebels, we're used to seeing a more calculated, uh, uh, you know, a smarter Sabine. And, and I'm not saying she got 
dumber, but I think that she's 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 no she's longer challenged. She's no longer challenged. She's no longer like yeah. she's you know she's she's out of practice, if you will, yeah. uh, of being a, a, a rebel. She's just you know chilling on the fall, and so I think it's it's interesting. I, I seeing her continue to swing after she's been stabbed, and and you know it's just that almost that desperation in that moment that you can feel she from realizes, her character. Yeah, she realizes that she is she basically is um is falling into what Ahsoka expected. Yeah. That she couldn't Which is super that she wasn't responsible enough to to uh handle the map. And I think that that's part of that sort of desperation that at the end there it's like, no, I can't let you get away. Yeah. Right. Um but you know, again, it, it does make for good storytelling if uh, if she does get away. So I I I will say that was good <laughs> for sure. Um, but you know, speaking of that map, Darcy, you know, she unlocked it. She saw some stuff. She was like, "Yo, three? And then she's like, "Click, click, click!" And then it, it all. Whoa! I know exactly where Ezra is. Um, what are you thinking in terms of like what what what, what did you see there? I, I mean, I just I'm wondering why it. Like how long that that process took for her to look at it from that angle? Because I was seeing it she, right away. Yeah, was it, like that's like the thing. I was just like I was like you just like if you look at the way the thing is laid out and what this, symbols you have, follow the symbols. And I was like she kept rotating, and I'm like it was there on it is the ball yeah, exactly. Like it, it was yeah. very you just take the floor and you wrap it around the ball, and that's the that's the map. Yeah, right. Like that's that's the that's how you unlock it. So yeah, Justin, I was you're like not in the moment. Okay, you're not in her <laughs> shoes. You don't understand her. Like, no, but it was fun though because I felt just as invested as she was. I'm just happy that I figured it out quicker. <laughs> the, my biggest thing is the fact that it it looked very like Rubik's cube, how she twisted the sides to mm -hmm. line up these these things. So you were gonna get one at Galaxy's Edge, Darcy, and we're both gonna buy one, right? I mean, probably. That wasn't where I was going. I was thinking, where how can Hu Hu Yang, this this, this millennia old True. droid who has so much computing power in his brain. How could he not crack this this three sided puzzle that has maybe like maybe thirty six plus permutations? Like, I don't understand that. There was maybe like, I maybe, wonder if it's a a, a, a magic thing though. Or maybe, I was and maybe I was if even they going... explain that then cool because then that leaves more credence to her being a force sensitive in some way. Exactly. So I was even thinking maybe there's maybe there's a dormant because even even uh, you know we know who Yang can't use the force, can't access the force. He's not a Jedi, you know. He just to, knows how to build lightsabers. He just knows how to build lightsabers. So so I, I think from a, yeah, from a technology standpoint, you're right, Darcy, but I think from a force standpoint, maybe it takes a force wielder to be able to unlock it and, and maybe not just any force wielder, but one that has the artist's eye or the creativity, uh, if you will. You have, to um, see, you have to be able to see the pattern, right? Yeah. And see what it, what, it, what it is. And I think that, like, it would be crazy if, like, Huyang can't see it. Because he, like you said, he's not a force wielder. Like, it's just, it's almost like what he sees through his eyes is just jarbled. Yeah. Right? It doesn't make any sense, right? Whereas, obviously, a force wielder, and maybe that's the idea. It's like the spell, there's a spell on it that protects it so that no droid can simply just come in and do it. It has to be someone who is chosen. I, at least I would like to think that that would be the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope we don't get, like... Morgan Elsbeth is like tells Sabine, "I am your mother." Uh, but um, but I did want to bring up a theory uh, surrounding the three figures. Now I know obviously the three statues on that planet. You know, we're saying, "Oh, they were probably Night Sisters." You know, maybe they were they were Powans or whatever they kind of look like. Um, I was also just the the idea of three though 
brought me to Mortis uh, and the ones, uh, the mm -hmm. father, the daughter, and the son, uh, and those lines and the imagery, and especially what we see in the end credits, like they're very reminiscent of the world between worlds. And um, yes. uh, today for lunch, I, I sat down and I, I watched uh, Ezra in episode, uh, I think it's 13 of season four. I can't quite remember. Yeah. Um, world, world between worlds, where he goes and he explores it. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is... This absolutely has, has to do with that. And I think the fact that we have um, three antagonists that fit the mold of the father with Balin, the daughter with Hati, and the son with Merrick, I think could really maybe play in somehow. Maybe they are meant to be uh, almost like conduits on, on this planet, um, and they don't know it. Maybe Morgan has picked them specifically um, for reasons that she hasn't informed them yet. Um, I know Clone Wars and Rebels fans have been clinging on to the Mortis storyline and bugging Filoni about it since 2011. So, you know, I could very much see that this is that where storyline is great. It's though. wicked. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. It's like it's like the force before the force. It's like the origins of it. And I think it's, you know, again, it's it plays such a huge part into establishing so much more beyond just Jedi and Sith. Yeah. You know, the, the, it, it helps to cement the spirituality and the sort of this sort of interconnective nature that the force has and almost even solidifying patterns and the poetry, if you will, of how things tend to repeat. And there's always two. And, you know, I, I think that a, a lot of, of, again, what has strengthened the, the, the force and, and, you know, the Jedi lore comes from what Filoni has done with that Mortis series and with the idea of the place between worlds. Like I, I we know we're going to see that we, we, it's been in the trailers. If you, if you've seen the, the episode, you can't help, but the, when the first instance you saw it was like, Oh, that's the place between worlds, right? right? Like we're, they're going back and, and who knows how that, that will fit in uh, to it all. But I like that. Again, it doesn't seem like, we're getting a as a cut and dry light and dark story. We're getting something that feels a little mixed mm -hmm. and feels a little bit like it has some some new elements at play. Uh, and and I, I'm 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 for it because it's it's really really interesting. And I, I like that the idea that you know you see the symbolism of of the story of Mortis and and the, and the representation of three. You know I think there's also something to be said about our three heroines three sisters uh in in a, in a lot of ways as well that kind of correlate with that as well so yeah it's it's all like this episode does a really great job of of at least introducing some really great new ideas that that feel rooted in some past past storylines super dope super dope uh that is you know that that would normally bring us to our our prediction segment of the show uh we've got a whole second part that was released, uh, you know, uh, this the second part of this show was released on the same day. Uh, you may have already watched it even while you're listening to this. Um, so, you know, we're not going to get into predictions here. We probably will for that episode, uh, which we're going to be putting that episode out very soon. It's going to be out on Thursday, the 24th uh, in the morning. So you can definitely check that out. Um, but for this series premiere, let's get to our overall thoughts and final score, uh, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five stolen star maps. Uh, and Darcy, I'm going to have you kick us off to wrap up here. Yeah. So while I do have some grievances with, you know, bringing these characters from that were so beloved in the animated format to live action, there is going to be some growing pains getting used to seeing them and, uh, bring these characters to life in a new way. Uh, 
aside from that, everything I thought was done uh, in this episode was done really well, especially with the introduction of these new characters in the Dark Jedi and all these, like I said, plot lines, cans of worms that are being opened up for potential exploration uh, as the series goes on. I think it's a solid way to, to start off uh, this series and really draw in that that interest from so many angles to get someone to get you hooked on the show and want to come back for more. So the fact that they dropped the two uh, is definitely uh, a benefit because a lot of people would not want to wait a week after seeing Sabine take that oh my gosh. to find out how it <laughs> yeah. returns. So the one-two release definitely strengthens it, in my opinion, because you get so much of the story and, again, so much potential uh, so early on. So I'll be giving this one a, a solid 4.5 out of 5 stolen star mass because I, I'm excited to see where it goes from here because there is so much opening up. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Justin, how about yourself? You know, talk about a grand entrance into live action Star Wars universe. Like this episode nailed it. You know, we've we've already seen Ahsoka, but you know, we got introduced to the rest of the Rebels cast uh, with with uh, seeing Sabine uh, and and uh, Hera, and I gotta say, like the the performances from these two, from from Natasha and and Mary Elizabeth, it's outstanding. Natasha as Sabine was perfect casting, and again, I think she captures the essence of the character in the right amounts, but uh, to the point of what we were saying before, something's different. Something's changed. She's mm-hmm. at a different point in her life. So she's moved the needle forward in the right way. She's not emulating the character, but she has the same, um, she has similar habits and similar traits that we know and love. And the same thing for for Hera, you know, there's there's such a care, there's such a, uh, a sense of, of love and appreciation uh, for her, you know, quote unquote family um, uh, that that is around her. And I think Mary Elizabeth just she brings that. So there's such honesty, there's such uh, sincerity from both of them in the way that they bring the essence of this care of their characters, of their animated characters to life. Um, you know, this 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 first episode features high quality production, you know, that you would expect from Star Wars um, and and, you know, the the cinematography and the look and feel of this entire first episode really felt like a movie in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Uh, it was just a very uh, short movie. Um, but even just from that opening scene with that huge ship that comes in, uh, the New Republic ship, um, you know, it just, it felt grand. It felt epic, um, you know, more so than even just that that explosion that happened on the planet. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, overall, like, there there's there's some things that need to you know obviously find their way through the rest of this you know in the spoiler free we talked about how or at least i mentioned how i was i was really let down by uh mando season three which started strong and ended in in a really weird way um but that said you know this first episode plants the seeds of intrigue and mystery um it has my mouth salivating for more <laughs> i am i am excited to see uh things unfold i i hope we're not rushing or running to the end because what they've established and what they've introduced is so interesting and so great and it has my mind spinning about where they could go beyond um what we know from this galaxy, because like I was saying before, Filoni has, I think Filoni in a lot of ways, even to simplify it, has brought such a spirituality to Star Wars in the work that he's done. And I think that that's where we could be going 
with this and and you know i am excited to talk about episode two uh because i think that that will have a lot more of that uh in there so yeah for this one i'm with darcy uh i'm gonna be giving this a 4.5 out of five uh star maps if i'm not mistaken stolen star maps dude stolen star they were stolen uh uh out of five because yeah it's it's a great start and it's what you want from a first episode you want to get hooked right Mm -hmm. away so yeah you know, boom, they nailed it. Filoni nailed it. Yeah, Justin, you are drooling like a Corellian hound right now. Uh, so <laughs> go get a bib, go get a towel or whatever. Um, yeah, this 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 was incredible. I I just I can't get over how amazing it is to see these these again, not only characters, but like these ships and these locations realized in live action. And the budget for this episode has to have been big. It has to have been up there because they visually and, and with some of the shots that we get. They're so cinematic. They're so next level. I think this really is the best looking uh, live action Star Wars on Disney Plus uh, that we've ever we've ever gotten so far. I'm I'm enamored uh, with a Jedi story yet again that is is a you know a master and apprentice, but uh, the way that they make that work with multiple characters within the show, I think is going to be really really intriguing. Um, I mean, just. Th- you could have just shown me the highway scene with Sabine and I would have been like, okay, I'm hooked for life. Uh, take all my money and Filoni, let's make five movies out of this. Um, but uh, but the music, Kevin Kiner, the music in this episode was just outstanding. And, and uh, I think, honestly, um, this episode also had one of the coolest villain moments uh, that we've seen in Star Wars and I think will be remembered uh, for for forever. Um, and I'm I'm... Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm in love. I'm so enamored. I'm gonna give uh, part one of Ahsoka. Uh, I'm gonna kind of go a little different than you guys, but I'm gonna give it a very solid, solid four point five out of five stolen star <laughs> maps. I just that's where I'm at. I think the point five is a lot of kind of what some of the things you guys already mentioned. So um, that is it for this part one of watch club for ahsoka we hope you enjoyed it and if you did make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already and like i said if you want to hear our thoughts on part two well we're, we're working on it we will have them ready for you we're running like ahsoka ran away from that explosion uh you know not like tom cruise um and so we're gonna have that <laughs> we're gonna have that watch club ready for you on the morning of the 24th i am like justin said like that is probably the juicier one as far as like the the details are concerned uh, that we can speculate on. So I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, also, if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or your predictions on the shows that we cover in Watch Club, well, let me just use my comms to reach Hu Yang, who will hopefully contact Justin uh, so he can let <laughs> you know how you can reach us. <laughs> well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's we are geekcentric at gmail.com, or they can reach out to us on the app formerly known as Twitter. Yuck. Uh, at geekcentricyt, or on Instagram at we are geekcentric, and on threads at we are geekcentric. Also, join our Discord. It is, it's popping off. Mm. You can keep up with this watch club. Uh, we've got a channel opened up for spoiler discussions. Uh, you can share your theories directly with us. Maybe we'll talk about them uh, in an upcoming watch club episode. So you can join through the link in our description. Um, Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest in shows and movies, including our spoiler-free reviews for Only Murders in the Building Season 3. Uh, we got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem Review. That movie 
go see that movie. It's uh, it's such a wonderful treat. Speaking of, you know, talking about, uh, you know, remixing and, and reinvigorating, uh, you know, characters. It's just, it's fantastic. Uh, Haunted Mansion. Uh, we've got review for Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer and, of course, The Bear Season 2. Uh, plus, we have a ton of great interviews out now, like our most recent interview with the cast and showrunner uh, for Foundation, which is now in its second season on Apple TV+. And we have a ton of interviews that you can go back and watch with all sorts of Star Wars folks, including the cast of Andor, uh, director of The Mandalorian and director of uh, at least one of the episodes of this show, uh, Rick Famuyiwa. Uh, we also have an interview with Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker himself, um, and of course, Deborah Chow, director of Obi-Wan, uh, and the visionaries behind the season one uh, and, and two of Star Wars visions uh, as well as so much more so go check out all those interviews uh, either here on your podcast service of choice or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash geek centric uh, lastly you know the hot geek summer continues uh, I am back to streaming on Twitch so if you want to keep the geeky conversation going on over there I'm playing some games uh, you can catch me over at twitch.tv slash Nate plays games uh, and it's it's a lot of fun. We just, we talk. We, there's, sometimes there's things given away. Uh, we just have a really great time. Uh, and then lastly, we are going to be covering Fan Expo in Toronto, uh, which is the wrong way to pronounce that, by the way. Sorry. Uh, I did. I apologize <laughs> to all my mandem. Um, Toronto. Uh, we will have coverage for Fan Expo uh, coming up very soon. So make sure you subscribe here. Subscribe on our YouTube. Subscribe on our socials, our TikTok, um, so you can see what we get up to this year. Darcy, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this this start to our 19th watch club <laughs> for Ahsoka. Uh, and as we say, we, we are, are no Jedi. Jedi.